Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. Exodus chapter 20, we're continuing our series on relationship. And again, the Ten Commandments are commandments and they are guidelines, but, but hear them in the context of relationship, relationship. Uh, I'll read you again. It's not in your notes, but it's in verse uh, number 2, Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So you were once in bondage, and we know that there were 600 and some odd rules that, 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 that the Jews added on to the Ten Commandments as a result of, of maybe some bondage or maybe some, some desire to want to please the Lord in some way, but it led ultimately to bondage. But the Lord says, these are, these are guidelines, principles that I'm giving you. You were in bondage. Now come into relationship with me. These will help you. These will protect you. In verse number seven is where we land this morning. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And so I have to kind of clarify all that I'm going to say this morning that uh, I've asked the Lord permission to say some of these that oftentimes we say that misuse the name of the Lord for teaching moments, okay? So we're going to get to those in just a little while, but, but uh, it's, it's hard to address some of the ones that are really popular within our culture, and we may not even be realizing we're misusing the name of the Lord when we say them, or maybe even when we text them. So, we're going to get there. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, holy, set apart is your name. Your name is set apart. And in the Jewish culture, a name is very important. And at that time, it was even more important because it, it signified meaning of who a person was or who a person is today. You know, oftentimes we, will, we, we have the name picked out of, of our child, you know, of what we're going to name our, our baby. We didn't quite know Bryce's name until a couple days later. I wanted him to be called Daniel Paul Baker so bad because I wanted to be able to look at my son and say, Junior. <laughs> hey, Junior. Come here, Junior. But Mama had the veto, and so she wouldn't let me say Junior. So we call him Bubby. <laughs> a name meant something. It means something. For example, Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham was about to slay his son Isaac because God had said, go and sacrifice for me your son on the altar, and Abraham had to go in obedience. Uh, we know that the, that the Lord provided a ram in the thicket at just that moment, and he was raising the, raising the knife to slay his son in obedience to the Lord. And at that moment, there was a ram in the thicket, and a ram doesn't get caught in the thicket for very long. And, and he saw this ram, and he, he got him, and he slayed the ram. And, and, and he, he named the Lord Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. My provider, he provided a, a way out so that I didn't have to sacrifice my son Isaac, although I was prepared to obey the Lord. Jehovah Shalom, Gideon gives the name 
to, uh, to, to God and, and it says that he is the Lord, my peace. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Lord says, I am the Lord, your healer. Jehovah Rapha, he's our healer. So the names of God have meaning. Is he your provider? Is he your healer? Is he your peace? Well, yes. And I love the scripture in, in the, the, the end of Ezekiel that says, I am the Lord, your, your God, but I am Jehovah Shammah, which means I am the Lord who is there. I am there. I'm there. I'm, I'm with you. I'm there ahead of you. I'm the Lord behind you. The, the names of God have meaning. And so his name is to be respected. His name is to be revered. His, his name is to be valued. And so when we honor someone in their name, we, we put great value upon them. In fact, the, the Bible says, husbands, uh, or love your wives, wives, honor your husbands. If you're placing value upon them. You, you, you value this. The, uh, how, how many of you don't care about the Super Bowl today? Now let me ask you a question. How many of you care about Joe Burrow? Yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it. The love of South Louisiana. I love how you just love people and you love them till the very end. And many of you don't want to pull for my team today because we beat the... No, never mind. Anyways, Jehovah Sidkenu is the Lord our righteousness. I was... Watching it, I was a kid. I loved Larry Bird. I grew up in that generation. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, that rivalry. And I was watching a Celtics game on television one day, and I'm so thankful that my dad taught me this lesson, all right? He was kind about it, but I was watching them, and and it was close in the game. Magic Johnson was scoring, Bird was scoring, and Bird missed a shot, and I said, oh, and the Lord, again, I've asked permission from the Lord for this, okay? But I'm trying to use examples out of real life. I said, oh, gosh. And dad says, oh, son, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. That's misusing the name of the Lord. And, and I didn't even know it at the time that I had been misusing his name. So how much do you love the Lord this morning? Oh, you love him. You don't, if you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to devalue them. You don't want to disrespect them in any way. And so the Lord says in the New Testament, if we love him, we will obey his commands. And, and, and this is the way we obey his command, by not devaluing his name, but by honoring his name. He says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for anyone, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Exodus 20, verse 7. And so... Let me give you two quick ideas. Number one, this is basic, basic stuff. Number one, the Lord hears. The Lord hears. If he hears, then we have to be careful. The Lord hears what we say, but even more than that, we know that he hears even what we think. And here's an example. Genesis chapter 18, verses 10 through 15, when God was speaking to Abraham and, Isaac, and Abraham and Sarah, excuse me. He's, uh, he's speaking to Abraham, and watch the narrative. Verse 10, he, says, he said, And I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. The, the Lord's speaking to Abraham right here. And uh, Sarah was listening in the tent 
door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed, watch where it is, laughed within herself. You ever done that? Hmm. I don't know what I'm thinking right now, but I don't know what you're thinking either. After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? She's laughing within herself. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. Verse 15, But Sarah denied it. saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And, she said, and he said, no, but you did laugh. Isn't it good to know that the fathers and the mothers of the faith that went before us, they made mistakes as well, and it's in here? Sarah's laughing on the inside of her, and she said, no, I didn't laugh, but God says, you're busted. You did. I got you. You laughed. And so the Lord hears the Lord hears our, our thoughts. He, he hears our words. So, so if we really understand that He hears us when we speak, when we say things, then, then we hold Him in high value of whatever it is that we're saying. Miriam and Aram and Aaron in, in Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and verse 9 says this, Miriam and, and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. The Lord heard this, this this grumbling, this complaining, this this gossip. And the anger of the Lord burned against them. Wow. Exodus chapter 16, verse 9, Then Moses said to all the people, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. And in verse 11 of Exodus 16, God spoke to Moses and said, For I have heard the complaints of my people. God hears what we say. The good. Lord, we confess your name today. We praise your name. He's heard our praise this morning. He's heard our heart's cry this morning. He's heard the words that we have given to him. He's a big God and a great God. And when we say, Great are you, Lord, he's, he's hearing that. And I think that's amazing that God can hear what each one of us says. What we all say in Psalm chapter 69, verse 33, the Lord hears the poor. The Lord hears the poor. Secondly, not only does the Lord hear, but the Lord sees. The Lord sees what we do. Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 14, this is when the angel was appearing to to Zechariah, speaking about John the Baptist's birth. Watch what it says in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer, here it is again, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. You know, this is, this is not in the notes this morning, but what prayer was heard? At this point, Zechariah and Elizabeth were well advanced in age. The angel says, your prayer was heard. The prayer that they had prayed back in their youth for a, a child. Years before, 
And now the angel's showing up saying, your prayer has been heard. That's why we pray and we leave it in God's hands. And, and we say, Lord, would you, would you provide? And we leave it into his hands and we trust the Lord with all of our heart because we know that he hears us. He says, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. Verses 18 through 20 read, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my, well, my wife is well along in years. Then the angel said to him, verse 19, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and I tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. You will be silent. And not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So he says, you, you won't be able to speak. And John, or Zechariah left the, the, uh, the temple that day and they, they realized that he must have seen a vision or something must have happened because he wasn't able to speak any longer. Well, fast forward the, the days and the months. Watch what it says in verse 62. Then they made signs to his father to find out what they would like to name the child once John was born. When, once he had already been delivered into this world, he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, verse 63, he wrote, his name is John. So now, now Zechariah's not even talking. Remember, Sarah laughed in her heart. and he, The Lord saw that she laughed. The Lord heard her laugh. He's writing on a tablet. His name will be John. And he shows it to everyone. His name's John. And because... He didn't even say anything, but he wrote it. Watch what happens. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. Verse 64. The Lord hears us. The Lord sees us. That's so elementary this morning, Pastor. Yeah, but when you realize that he is so good and he is so great, that he is holy, that he is just, that he is kind, that he is love, that he is all of these things, that one that sees you, that one that hears you is always working and always moving so that when we say something or do something in his care, in his sight, we know that it is in his hands and he is in control so that whatever it is that we're saying and doing in his presence, it ultimately falls at his feet. And it's ultimately under his control and under his authority. That's a good God. That when we say something, when, then when we do something, he can watch over us. Oh, we were watching The Chosen last night when Peter asked Jesus to get out of the boat. You know, P Jesus is walking on the water and... and uh, Peter, there's a lot of backstory that's not in the Bible, but it, hey, it could, it's, just, it's just a writing on a, on a series that's, that's on, on, uh, on this app right now, a chosen series. And, and, but Jesus is walking on the water, and we know that's in the Bible, and, and, and he begins to fall, and Jesus is seeing this. And my, I, I was just began to weep last night because Peter held on to Jesus, and he said, don't let me go. Don't let me go. And when we were singing that song this morning, when everything around me is shaken... When everything around me is shaken, when everything around me is shaken, anyone ever have anything around them shaking? Yeah, this, this world, maybe someone in your family, maybe, maybe a disease, maybe a, maybe a financial report, maybe something you per, 
personally are walking through, when everything around me is shaken, the one who hears us, the one who sees us is in control, church. Don't ever let it get out of your mind and out of your heart and out of your sight that he is in control, he is in charge, and as long as he hears us, as long as he sees us, we are going to be okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He's in control. Hagar was mistreated. Hagar. Back to the story of Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. Well, Sarah was mistreating Hagar, and, and uh, Abraham ultimately didn't trust in the Lord at this particular moment because of the instructions of his wife, possibly. And he says, all right, I'm going to go in with Hagar. Well, because Hagar had produced a child, and uh, Sarah began to despise Hagar, and Hagar runs because of this mistreatment. She runs away, and this is what she names the Lord. She said in, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? I have good news for you, church. The Lord sees you. You may hear that phrase and say, the Lord hears me, the Lord sees me. Oh, man, i got to run. You may hear that phrase and think, oh, that makes me nervous. But if we will lift up our eyes into the nature of God, into the attributes of God, into the names of God, He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Rapha. If we will understand it's His name, who He is that's so powerful, we'll not misuse the name of the Lord. But we have to get wrapped up into His name and who He is and, and value the very fact of who God is in our life. And we'll, we'll forsake the misusing of His name. But when we see who He is, Scripture says in Ephesians, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now let's revisit the command. Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. The Lord hears and the Lord sees. I want to give you two ways we misuse the name of the Lord. First of all, we misuse the name of the Lord through our, through our words. Through our words. You know, when we give our life to Jesus, He begins to clean up our vocabulary, our language. So don't hear any of this in condemnation this morning. Hear it in love and knowing that the Lord is working. The Lord yet has guidelines and stipulations and requirements and commandments out of relationship in our salvation now, he has commandments and, and rules or, or, or relational guidelines that will help us. So the way we misuse the name of the Lord many times is with our words. And if you look up the word euphemism, euphemism is, uh, is a word you don't hear every day, but euphemisms uh, really mean a mild or indirect word or expression in exchange for one too harsh or blunt re when referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. A euphemism. So we might use a less powerful word rather than the actual profane word. So let, let's, go, let's go over some of these. We, we misuse the name of the, Lord, 
of the Lord many times through our words. I gave you the one that I was using a lot when I was a, a, a child, the word gosh. The word golly. Boy, I know. I'm, I, we're, go ahead and pull your toes in right now. Because some of these are just popular words that you hear and perhaps you've used. And I mean, Gomer Pyle, right? I mean, that's an old, old character. That's, that's going way back. He was old when I was a kid. But if it, golly gee, Sarge, you know, just we hear that and we think, don't think anything of it. Gosh, golly. What about the word darn? That's a, that's an, a substitute for another word. Gosh is a substitute for the name of God. Good Lord. My Lord. Heavens no. Heavens yes. OMG. Hello. What about this? I, I've heard this. I swear. To God. To man. On and on and on. A euphemism, a word that we use in, in, in place of another word. I would say if you're just beginning on your spiritual journey, that if you've used one of those substitute words as a first step, I want to applaud you, but keep stepping out of those substitute words and just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right? Watch this. Jesus says, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, but I say to you, do not swear at all. I mean, again, we have to, the Lord cleans us up. We don't try to work this out. The Lord cleans us up from the inside out. We work not for our salvation, but from our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith unto good works. Ephesians chapter 2. But he says, don't swear by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool. But let your yes be yes, your no be no, for whatever it is more than these is from the evil one. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. The Bible says, let your speech be full of grace. Let your speech be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. I mean, down here, we put Tony's on everything. So let your speech be seasoned with something good. The, the, the idea is flavor. Let it be seasoned with flavor. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. I put those those ways of reasoning, those ways of thinking, those ways of speaking, I put those behind me and I became a man. And I, and, and you know, the Jewish bar mitzvah, what was it, 13 or 14 years of age. And so he's referring to something in that culture that someone could relate to. Yeah, at that moment I became a man. So I've got I've to leave behind old ways of thinking, old ways of speaking, old, old ways of living. So these euphemisms that are very popular in our culture. We have to be careful not to take the name of the Lord in vain, not to misuse his name. I, when I was in Bible school, I'll tell on myself, in Bible school, I, 
you know, I used to always be in the gym and I'd be playing ball. And when I would miss a shot, I didn't say any of those words that I gave you, but I had, I had my own phrase. Maybe it was from Tennessee. I don't know. I've not really heard it much down here, but it's the word dead gummit. And I had a friend from New, New, New York, Long Island. And again, I'm only giving these words as examples, not for us to repeat them, okay? But, but uh, the, the, in our words, we have to be careful. But I remember I was, we would be playing ball with a guy named Danny Schmidt. He pastors a church up in uh, northern New York now, but he was from Long Island, New York. And uh, he, would, he, would, uh, he would say, Danny, I've never heard of that word. What does that mean? Like, Dad? Gum? I don't know. Just a word I grew up hearing and, and, and just continued to say and, and uh, continued to, to just repeat every time something didn't work out. And so... We have to be careful. I remember when the kids were little, I walked by their room, and, and uh, you know, the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree, right? And so they're playing in one of their, one of their episodes, and, and one of them, I don't remember which one, I, I, I can name one of you, but, you know, I, 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 they're older now. She can't embarrass from the pulpit, right? But you just, one of them said, that just drives me nuts. I said, Oh. They heard Daddy say that, I think, in the garage, working, trying to work with tools somehow, Brother Don. I was, couldn't get, quite get that right. So we just have to be careful in our words. Leviticus chapter 24 is, is really, I didn't put it in your notes, but it's really the example that we see, one of the examples primarily of, that we see in the Old Testament of misusing the name of the Lord. It's the story of, of a young man that, w- that got into a fight with, with a, another young man and and uh, this is what, what the Scripture says. He was the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father. And he went out among the Israelites, and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. So, so a, a half-Jew, if, if, if that's how they're being referred to in this story, and then a, and a full-blooded Jew, they're, they're coming together. And, the, and this one over here uh, misuses the name of the Lord because, in his anger, let's say, or in some way profanes the name of the Lord, and, and he misspeaks the name of the Lord. Well, they, they put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. Verse 13, and again, this is after the law was written. They're in the wilderness. The Lord says, do not misuse the name of the Lord. Verse 13, then the Lord said to Moses, take the blasphemer outside the camp. All those who heard him are to lay their hands on his head, and the entire assembly is to stone him. Say to the Israelites, anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. This was very, very serious. Now, we're under the law of Christ. Christ fulfilled the law, but that moral law, that principle of it still being a sin, of it still being very, very dangerous, is something that still pertains today. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. Can I, can I say that if we're misusing the name of the Lord in our words, or if we're, we're adopting a language that really is not a pure language in the, in the sense of of giving respect to God and reverence to God, that, that, that we're profaning the name of the Lord and we're, we're also profaning the, the body of Christ in a sense because when people see us, they ought to be seeing a follower of Jesus and it ought to be some, someone that is very careful in what we say. And so when others hear us speak, they ought to hear the very fact that we're speaking life. Life. We're not misusing 
the name of the Lord. Secondly, secondly, the way we misuse the name of the Lord is, first of all, in our words, but secondly, in our walk, our walk, the life we live, the very life we live. I believe that we take the name of the Lord in vain when, we, when, when what we say and what we do don't match. What we say and what we do, when, when we say that we are Christian but our life does not match what we say, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, it's recorded, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, we see that the, the believers, the disciples of Christ, were first called Christians at Antioch. The world could see the believers living a certain way, separated from this world in their speech, in their worship, in their walk. And they, and they said, you know, those people, those individuals, those are Christians. But oftentimes it's backwards now. We, we say that in, in our culture it's kind of popular to say that you're a Christian, but, but actually not be walking it. So you, you have the title before you have really the proof in, in, in many regards. But, but following the Lord in water baptism... We're sharing that we love Jesus. And so the proof is that we love Jesus and that when others see our life, when they see us in public, they're seeing someone that loves Jesus, that someone that is, is authentically following Jesus Christ. So they're called Christians at Antioch because it means something that they have a witness, that they have the gospel, and that they are doing their very best to follow Jesus. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you honoring the Lord with your lips or with your life? Are you honoring the Lord with your lips? And are you honoring the Lord with your life? When we say we love Jesus, not saying that things of the past won't creep up and there will be times we need to confess, uh, Lord, I, I blew it in this, in this area. I blew it in my speech here. I, 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 I need forgiveness here. Please wash me again. Not saying there will never be those times, but, but in our speech we ought to get further and further and further away from the world. Further and further away from the language of this culture. And, and yes, we need grace. Yes, we need patience with one another. Yes, we need help. But, but, but in all things we ought to be respecting and reverencing the name of the Lord because he is worthy to be praised. There was once a young boy who spent a week with his grandfather on the farm and he uh, went around to the animals on the farm and he began, to, uh, he began to see the animals and the little lad said, they ain't got it. He went around to another one. His grandfather was walking with him. The, the grandfather, he says, uh, the little boy says to another, he sees, sees a little, uh, little chicken there, and he, he says, uh, they ain't got it. But when the boy saw the donkey with a long, frowning face, and the way that the donkey just stood there, he screamed for his grandmother to come quick, and he said, I found it. I found it. The little boy keeps yelling. He says, what did you find? Papa, I found an animal that has the same kind of religion that you do. Of course, that's disrespectful, I know, but that's just a story. But 
what the story says is that little boy didn't know if his grandfather had joy or not the way he walked. When we're with one another, when I'm around you for a few minutes, I can tell you love Jesus. When I'm around you, I can tell you love the Lord and you lift up the name of Jesus. You love God. You're here this morning. But when we go home in our words and in our walk, it ought to be that we're respecting the name of the Lord in our thoughts. He sees our thoughts. He hears our thoughts. He hears our actions. He he hears us. He sees us. So be careful which words you use and be careful which walk you choose. Be careful the words you use. Be careful the walk you choose. Be careful the life you live. Be careful the walk you give. If you're not serving the Lord, you're living your life in vain. If you're not serving the Lord, you're misusing the name of the Lord. You're living for, the, for yourself. You're, it's the greatest way to, the, the worst way, the, the, the most profane way to live is just living for yourself. But, but when you begin to live for the Lord, lifting up the name of the Lord and, and respecting His name, you care that He gets the glory for your life. So, Pastor, how do I do this? How do I stop uh, the, the, the text? Oh, in your, all that. How do I not do that? Well, it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. Did you hear me? It's all about relationship. So you may be here this morning, you're, you're saying, Pastor, I just, that's kind of odd that you're, some of these examples that you gave. Well, let me say it this way. That's between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. And when the Lord convicts you, when the Lord, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, if and when, then, then you give that to the Lord. You say, Lord, all right, I'm really following you. I'm really following you. One of the last words I had to hurdle through, and it still go, comes back. I, every, you know, when I, if I'm in the gym and I miss a shot still, I'll still say, man. How many guilty? Guilty, yeah. Man. Or I'll throw that and I, oh, I, you're reeling it in, it gets off the line. Oh, man. Well, let's be careful. Let's be careful. The old song in kids' church, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. And looking down in what? Love. He's looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. For the Father up above is looking down in what? Love. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Let's have a relationship with the Lord. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts this morning and touch us and move us closer to the Lord in the right spiritual direction. What if, what if, this is the one area where the enemy in some way still has victory over our hearts because we just can't quite. And then as we get filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we pray in a language that we never learned. He gives us a new language, and then we, he gives us new fire to, to overcome sin. He gives us new power. What if, what if that's that moment that the Lord ignites something inside of us to say, you know what? 
Lord, I want this area of my life in my language. The words that I say, I want this to be pleasing to you. You know why? Because you are worthy, Lord. You're worthy of every word that comes out of my mouth. You're worthy of every little area of my heart that I speak and my, my hands raised to you. You're worthy of every single centimeter, every little part of my, my, my speech and my words. With our mouth, we bless the Lord. With our mouth, we curse. James chapter 3. It's the tongue set on fire. But if we will get that right and get that submitted to the Lord in our words and in our walk. Wow. So, Lord, this morning we pray that you help us. As the body of Christ, that you help us. Lord, we come to you needing your power, needing your grace. Lord, that we understand Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 that we have been rescued out of bondage you've taken us out of bondage Lord out of sin and Lord that these are principles these are rules these are commandments to help us in our relationship with you help us we pray in the name of Jesus this morning help us help us to walk holy and pleasing to you in every area of our hearts, we pray. We give you praise. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. We worship you now, Father.